We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. To another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And we're here right at the doorstep of Super Bowl 58. Now, before I get into all this, I want to say something. I'm going to open a fresh beer for this. Guys, Chris, if you could throw me the single shot for a second. I mean, they're both single. This one is closer to your face. I know, right? Like, you guys have stuck by us through years of just ridiculous podcasting. You like this for some reason. I don't know what it is that tickles your fancy about what we do or what we are. I love you guys for showing up every single week for this throughout the entire 2023-24 season. I know that the last month of shows has not been great. I know it has. Because I feel it every time I walk away from this microphone. Um, I haven't been as available to put the time in. I'll admit it. Chris has done a ton of work behind the scenes to make this happen. From a video production standpoint, from a preparation standpoint. And I feel like at times I haven't carried my own weight. And I say that because I just, I look at... There's just a lot of things that happen in life, right? Like things go on and it's just like you hit a point, Chris, where you almost feel like it's just one thing after another, after another. I mean, what? We got snowed in. This is the second generation. You can't call these things generational snowstorms if they happen every single year that I live in a place. We've had three bad snowstorms in the last 13 months. The, just dealing with the fallout of that. 
dealing with having kids who are getting older require more attention and that I genuinely want to give more attention to. Um, having a demanding job. Having things happen personally. Like, <clears throat> here's the thing. I finally just decided, screw it, I'm not wearing Band-Aids on this anymore. So maybe some of you can see this. There's, there's a thing going on here. I've been getting injections directly of a chemotherapy drug directly into my hands for the last three and a half months to resolve what is a ultimately not skin cancer, so thank God, um, but an issue. And there's no anesthesia for this. There's no painkillers that can help. It's just been a wild ride. And I've been chewing my way through that for months. <clears throat> Lately, they've ramped things up because I asked them for the nuclear option because I was tired of how long this was taking. And they gave it to me. And I've been suffering that. Like, I don't know if you guys can see this, but it looks pretty unpleasant, doesn't it, Chris? Same as your teeth. <laughs> this is why I love you. Nothing rattles you. <laughs> so with that in mind, I, like, I myself dodged a bullet. Someone very close to me very recently did not. And it's it's been hard navigating some of these things, but you do it because you have to. And so in all of the things that are going on in my life, I just, I feel like I've neglected this thing. I show up here every week, I drink the beers, I talk the talk, but I've neglected this thing that we do as a craft. This escapism that I participate in and that somehow you all find escapism in. So I want to apologize to you guys. I'm sorry. I'll be better. I'm back. It'll be fine. Chris, how many times did you and I almost kill each other over the course of the last, say, six weeks? A hundred. Every week. <laughs> we were at each other. At each other's throats. I feel like, it has to. It, I feel like when Ryan you're trying, Lysel, when he was here in studio at the end of the year, it was like American Beauty when he stands up and throws this plate of spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> Everyone's just sitting there watching it happen. He walks into the room as I'm telling you, I don't care. We'll just fold all this up and auction the equipment, or maybe you just take it. I don't care what happens. Yeah, it's got to be three, the most uncomfortable. Thing. Three shows in one night, a real bitch, a real bitch will be at each other's throats. You know what makes that all better? You got to put this. No, you got to put that in your put that down your face. Oh, you have a oh, you okay? Because Ooh, that is clean. Let me hold on. Floor so clean I can eat off it. Hold on here. Good lord, what is that? Tell me, because Nate was here last week talking up cinnamon syrup. Does that not taste like a... a I hate cinnamon, and that was delicious. Does that not taste like a cinnamon mint or an Altoid? Yeah. Yeah. That's just old-fashioned with uh, cinnamon syrup and whiskey barrel-aged bitters. That is incredible. It tastes like a cinnamon mint. The funny thing is, is that no matter what goes wrong in life, there's a couple things I can depend on. I can depend on whiskey. <clears throat> I can depend on the uh, perpetual disappointment that the Buffalo Bills provide me. And I can depend on my friends. 
my friends, a lot of whom I've met through this podcast, a lot of whom are listeners who we've, I saw a thing on social media where they were like, oh, tell a, tell a wholesome story about a time you met someone off Twitter. And it's like, well, that's all I have. <laughs> that's all I have. How about, how about you want to talk about uh, people you've met on Twitter? So, uh, shocker to those that don't know, I'm about seven weeks away from getting married to Jessica. You know who's coming to that wedding? Hmm. Kyle Trimble. Yeah. Where, where do we meet? Yeah. Twitter. He literally did Justin the pod- Yulberg is coming. Where did we meet him? Twitter. Iman Azizi <laughs> and Hamas is coming. Where did we meet Iman Azizi? We met him on Twitter. Out, I think outside of like... You've met more friends yeah. on social media than you have in real life, Chris. I don't have a lot of room for new friends. <laughs> Even the ones that I currently have, and that includes you, are pushing the line. I just know that I'm thankful for all of you. And I'm thankful that I still get to come out here and do this. Because no matter what goes wrong, this thing's here. And it's where I get to go out and I get to forget about that stuff for a little while. So it's escapism from escapism inside of... It's inception over here. But I love you guys. And so with that, I apologize. But also, I'm back. I'm back. And I want to start with what has to be the pettiest... Super Bowl preview show anyone will ever hear anywhere. I want to start with this. Chris, you know me as a Roll Tide faithful, right? Yes. Roll Tide fan. I, since I've been caring about college football. Are we going to talk about how awesome Saban's going to do on television? <laughs> no. Although I did see a thing where someone, someone brought up the idea of... Someone brought up the concept of Nick Saban and a reality show where Nick Saban and Bill Belichick go around the country fixing college and high school football programs. Who wouldn't watch that? I would pay to see that. I would pay like a Patreon, like $5 a month premium to watch that show. But no, I want to run a statistic by you, Chris. It was brought to me by Ryan Lasel. 143 collegiate universities have had an alumni, someone who graduated from their college, score a point in the Super Bowl. 143 colleges across the United States of America. The fucking Coast Guard has a guy who scored a point. He kicked a PAT in relief. Somehow the Alabama Crimson Tide do not have a graduate or a guy whose final season was with the Tide who has scored a point in a Super Bowl. (laughs) It almost seems inconceivable, doesn't it? Yeah. It's one of the most bizarre statistics because this is a university that is a pipeline to the NFL. It's a reason that we talk about Nick Saban as being successful. Well, yeah, because you've recruited star talent. You've put so many players through your pipeline directly into the NFL, and not a single one of them has scored a point. A point! Like, I get it, our kicking game has never been good. 
like Will Riker this year might have been the best of the kickers that we've ever had. What are we talking about here? How does this happen? Chris, isn't that embarrassing for a Power 5 team? It is. It's it's hilarious that somehow all of these guys go to the pros and either, like, Julio Jones. How about that? The Falcons made the Super Bowl and didn't give Julio Jones the football in the red zone. Isn't that the reason people stopped drafting him in fantasy football? Yeah. Like, this is all just a crazy statistical. It shows you that the Super Bowl is wild and the people and the teams that end up there and the players that end up there. It's a fucking mess. I'm going to have to go down everybody's roster now and figure out if there's any Alabama alumni that can maybe break this streak. But if not, that's an embarrassment. (laughs) That's, That's embarrassing. And yet... I'm not mad at Alabama the way I'm mad at this year's Super Bowl. Chris, our Super Bowl 58 preview, 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it fair to call this maybe the most unlikable Super Bowl ever? We'll go with this. Justin, you can read along with me in our DMs from Mike Swenson shared this tweet with us. This is uh, the question from the reporter. Why do you think everyone is so fascinated with you two, Kelsey and Swift? The values that we stand for and who we are as people. We love to shine light on others, shine light around the people that help and support us. I feel like we both have just a love for life. No one gives a fuck about your left-wing values. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I love how angry that quote makes you. Because you're such an idiot. Like, you... Like, everybody who takes anything that anybody says that's vaguely political, like, oh, I don't like that. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. You're a moron. You let that give you a visceral reaction... I don't care about any of this. You know what? I'll tell you a story. I once, I one time, got asked by a group of people who were trying to suss out who I was going to vote for. You know, they, they, they were asking questions about like, oh, well, so uh, what do you think about this? And I could tell the position they already held, the way that they were talking about it. And so my answer was, I'm going to vote for whoever brings about the collapse of the two-party system. Whoever can do it the fastest, that's the person I'm going to vote for. Because this thing is a mess. And I'll embrace the anarchy that comes afterwards because I'm pretty sure I can hack it. Guess who doesn't talk to me about politics anymore? Super Mexican? (laughs) Super Mexican. I love that guy. What I know is people who get upset about politicized things are morons. By and large. I love you guys. You're you're my people. I love you still. But I don't have the emotional bandwidth. I don't have the energy for it. I don't care. Everyone's like, well, they're driving us to hell. We were already going there. We're just getting there faster. And I'm okay with that. Let's speed this thing up to where we figure out what's coming next. Next, please. Can I watch that? That's why I love football. It's why I love my escapism. Is because this all sucks. So I can stop paying attention to this and just focus on this. 
this, <laughs> this thing that we're all doing here. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you this. The rest of the world is not going to take me alive. It won't. <laughs> now, is this not the most unlikable Super Bowl ever? Like, it is. I'm not just being sour. Yep. Knowing that my primary option for an AFC representative is not available. And then even secondary teams like the Lions that I might root for because of some of my friends who are lifelong fans who really thought they were that close to seeing it happen. Like, I I don't know. They all fell apart in dramatic fashion. And now we're here talking about the Chiefs and the 49ers again. Think back over the last 20 years with the Super Bowls, Chris. I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find an instance where you as a Bills fan, a fan of elite football, or just a fan of people who don't suck, didn't find yourself without someone in the matchup that you could get behind. I made a list, Chris. They're in the notes. I know you haven't looked at them. Nine Super Bowls. Since 2000, like if you just go back to 2000, let's nine Super Bowls, which is 24% of all of them that have been played since then featured the New England Patriots. It's a fucking no brainer. Of course, you're rooting against the Patriots. And I will never forgive Pete Carroll for not running the ball from the one yard line. I will never forgive that. I fell to my knees. Just in shock that they didn't let beast mode go win the Super Bowl. Did you hear in his, uh, like later appearances on various podcasts and press things? He feels like they did it because they didn't want him to be the Super Bowl MVP. They wanted it to be Russ. They were like, well, we need Russ to be the face of the franchise. This is going to be his moment. It's almost as insane as uh, Kenny Davis saying <laughs> the helicopter above the stadium in Super Bowl twenty five is what caused Norwood's field goal to go yeah. wide right. It's a thing of Hanlon's razor. Like, don't ascribe animosity to things that can be dis- described through stupidity. <laughs> Pete Carroll's just not smart. He never made another Super Bowl. He also somehow got hosed into trading for Jamal Adams. <laughs> He's not bright. So he he didn't run the ball because he thought he could outfox everybody. Which makes me think of Homer Simpson with that pot on his head. When him and his family members were like having like a cage fight outside with it. Although I will say Eli Manning being 2-0 against Brady in those Super Bowls was delicious. Yes. That first one actually made my friend's band had to play a show in drag. I made a bet with them that day. I go, listen, guys, we're all getting hammered at the pregame Super Bowl party because we're in our 20s. And I was like, listen, I'll tell you what. You guys are all so confident. I'm the only one who just hates the Patriots so much. I'm willing to bet against them. I will come to your next show in a dress. If you if the Patriots lose, you have to play that show in drag. And they were like, oh, yeah, we'll take that. And when when that catch, David Tyree caught that ball on his helmet, I literally was on my friend's coffee table. Just, oh, everyone shave your legs and suck it. 
you you can kiss my ass. Just went down the line. It was awesome. It was one of my finest moments. Then you go back to years like 2023, Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott. Like, Chris, we laugh. Shane Gillis always goes on Rogan and gets hammered, and he's just like, put on a Mike Allstott highlight. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Mike Allstott in the Super Bowl, and he scored a touchdown? I will get buzzed some nights and just sit in my basement bar with my 55-inch TV on the wall and just watch Allstott highlights. (laughs) He was amazing. It's all Shane Gillis' fault. But he was an amazing talent, and that team was talented, and they deserved to win that Super Bowl, and it was fun. It was fun to root for that. 2007, 2010, 2016, it was Peyton Manning going for his first, second, and then final ring. Chris, he's easy to root for, isn't he? Yeah. And even when Drew Brees won that 2010 Super Bowl, you still felt good about it. You were like, look at Drew Brees. Hell yeah, you were, the, you were the savior of New Orleans. They came out of Hurricane Katrina. They rebuilt that team. That team was the pride of the city. And then they did it. They did the damn thing, and they had a giant... What place is there better for a Super Bowl parade than Bourbon Street? No idea. There's no place on earth better for a Super Bowl parade. 2011. That stupid black and yellow song... Do you remember, Chris, you don't know pop culture. A song called Black and Yellow was all the rage with the kids. And Steelers fans that year had a very good football team, and they overused the shit out of it to a point where as a nation, I think we all were obligated to root for the Green Bay Packers. And it also didn't help that Buffalo native and uh, UB alum James Stark, Stark's got the start at running back. I remember watching it and being like, yeah. That's a guy. Also, fuck the Steelers. Because they had just won, just a few years ago, in one of the most exciting Super Bowls I had ever seen. Which was the Steelers against the Arizona Cardinals. In which both quarterbacks were fun. This is obviously pre-allegation Ben Roethlisberger. And then, I'm like, these quarterbacks are fun. The defenses are trading big plays. Larry Fitzgerald amazing play to put his team on top with almost no time left. This game was a classic. If you put it on TV right now, I'll watch it. Every single year, like every year there was something, even last year, Nick Sirianni, we didn't know what a turd he was going to be, right? Right up until like, like this season, he kind of showed his ass. But last year's offense was fun. It was fun to watch. This might be the first time I'll have to sit down and watch the Super Bowl and ask myself, where is Bane when you need him? (laughs) Let's start with the Chiefs. I want to give the football perspective first, just the X's and O's. The Chiefs have no star power in offense other than Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Everybody else is just a guy. And I feel like Reed is the thing that matters more than anything else. He's the guy that actually makes this whole thing run. His understanding of spacing and timing and game planning and setting up plays for later in the game against the weaknesses of his opponent's roster, more so than anything those guys do. We have watched them lose to Aiden O'Connell. We've watched them lose, well, we also lost, so I guess I can't talk too much shit, but we lost 
to a Denver Broncos team that also just curb stomped the Kansas City Chiefs. They're also potentially missing the offensive lineman who handled Ed Oliver and Joe Tooney. And they've got some lingering defensive injuries that can make them less explosive. When you want to take it beyond the X's and O's and take it off the football field, the Chiefs just a few years ago were these fresh faces. It's like if you want to talk about it in wrestling terms, which I know some of you like uh, Mike Partham and <laughs> like these guys are going to be celebrating the fact that I'm talking about wrestling. The Chiefs went from being like a baby face <clears throat> to a heel so much faster than the Patriots did. But Travis Kelsey and his on-field demeanor. Now, I know why Chris has his reasons he doesn't like him. His on-field demeanor. The fact that he acts like a tough guy all of the time. He talks trash. He's out there instigating stuff. And then he celebrates in his opponent's face and acts like he's riding a dirt bike as that guy is getting a, a flag for a personal foul because they retaliated against him being a douchebag. I'd cripple you for that. Like, I swear to God, Chris, I would be the worst athlete on earth, and I can't be anywhere allowed coaching, right? It would be bad. Yeah. You think Greg Williams was bad? You think Bounty Gate was bad? God help you if I ever get my hands on coaching. I'd be like, listen, that kid's cocky. Go knock him out. Like, that's old school throwback football. I need a Heinz Ward to run a crossing pattern and just go put that guy in the dirt. <laughs> Like, you're not trying to catch the ball. you got to go blindside somebody. Travis Kelsey has benefited from the fact that the NFL is soft on defense now. Nobody is willing to retaliate because they know what the fines are. They know what the penalties are. They see this, and yet he's flirting with a level of being obnoxious to opposing teams that I don't know anyone has the stomach for anymore. Meanwhile, you've got Mahomes over here acting like every incompletion has got to be an act of God, right? It couldn't have been because his receiver didn't catch the ball or ran the wrong route or he threw a poor pass. It's inconceivable unless he's throwing to Kadarius Tony. Then he just points up to God and goes, thank God that hit the turf. <laughs> Nothing terrible happened. I believe he's plus 950 for a touchdown. Chris, I saw a hilarious tweet where the guy goes, it was that report that a, that a unnamed NFL player was attacked by a coyote at Lake Las Vegas this weekend. And someone just quote tweeted it and goes, man, the Chiefs really do, really will do anything to keep Kadarius Tony out of this game, won't they? Can you imagine what being attacked by a coyote must be like? Awful. Have you ever been bitten by a dog? Ready for this? So when I lived here as a child, okay. my dad worked at the Orchard Park Veterinary Hospital. Okay. They got brand new. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buffalo Zoo Lion Cubs in... Okay. One of them bit me in the ass. <laughs> yeah. No! Yeah, that's a real... <laughs> that's a real story. Did you cry? Um, you had to. Just most likely, and... Um, that's for... That was the reason uh, why I was, for the longest time... Uh, afraid of dogs because a, a lion cub bit me they're like lions are cats shouldn't you be afraid of cats when you're three years old does a lion cub look like a cat it looks like a fucking dog looks like a puppy it bit me in the ass <laughs> i was afraid of dogs for the <laughs> longest time because of it i don't know how you never shared this with me earlier but it's one of the funniest things i now know about you I know what's going to be on your wedding card. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm going to put on the cover of your wedding card. I mean, I, I'm already ex- I'm already expecting you to give me a, a bunch of nickels. Oh, you have no idea what Larissa <laughs> and I have cooked up. <laughs> Guys, just to... You want to talk about breaking down the fourth wall. Chris decided it was a good idea to show up to my wedding. He's one of my groomsmen. He shows up with $100 that he had broken down into pennies. Nickels. Oh, nickels. A hundred dollars. And then he broke down the rolls and put them in mason jars in variable sums. So we had no choice but to re-roll it to take it to the bank. I also took out a handful of nickels. So when you got to the end, <laughs> one wasn't. one roll would not fill up all the way. <laughs> I, that the whole, joke's on you. I didn't do it. Larissa the did. whole idea stems from a 1980s Saturday Night Live commercial citywide change bank where one of the quotes it, it the whole commercial is the concept of making change <laughs> like if you come to us with a twenty dollar bill we can give you four fives we can give you two tens and and they made it seem like it's this profound method of banking that they discovered and it's just breaking change and one of the quotes in the commercial was if you come to us with a hundred dollar bill we're not going to give you 2,000 nickels unless that meets your particular change needs. <laughs> and that's where that idea came from, where I, gave you, where I gave you 2,000 nickels. So what happens is my wife ends up rolling them. Now she's petty like me. And she goes, oh, you know we have to do something big. Chris is getting married again. She literally, she goes, I never thought I would get this revenge. I was like, yeah, this is why I married you. You're just like me. She's been waiting for years for this. Chris, you're not going to take it from her. (laughs) I can't wait. 
So anyway, you've got Mahomes out here just crying like a bitch. And listen, if you don't believe something was a penalty, don't worry. He'll tell you in the post-game handshake. Tell me that wasn't the softest shit you've ever seen in your life. He is soft. He's ridiculous. Just crybaby BS. Meanwhile, I also look at it like this. The Bills' most visible superfan, Pancho Villa, a.k.a. Ezra Castro. Inspiration to millions of people, right? Dozen charities around the country that are directly benefiting families in need, and all because a guy was a fan of a team and just put himself out there. Meanwhile, the Chiefs' most visible superfan, a, a dude in a wolf suit who goes by Chiefsaholic, I don't, he's currently indicted for 19 counts of bank robbery and money laundering. There was an ESPN, th- there's an ESPN, not 30 for 30, but what do they call that, Chris? The uh, ESPN, like, what are the shorts that they do? 30 for 30 shorts? No, 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 no. It wasn't, th- maybe it was. I don't know, guys. Look, guys, look it up. Somebody, hey, somebody call in if you know. He literally funded his persona and this presence that every Chiefs fan was like, look at how dedicated we are. Our super fan is... He's robbing banks to be able to travel the country and go to these games. (laughs) It's hilarious. He literally did it all by playing Bonnie and Clyde. It's an awesome fan base you guys have there. And then I laugh about the fact that the Bengals... And the Raiders are the teams that, Chris, you think of when I talk about players who get arrested for things. Yeah. Okay. The Chiefs, when it comes to Super Bowl week, just can't stay out of the headlines. Jackson Mahomes. Jackson Mahomes had the charges against him dropped, okay, for battery and accosting a woman. But if being cringy was a crime, Arizona would have given him the electric chair already. Pat's dad just landed his third DWI, which is just a few years removed from Andy Reid's son allegedly causing a DWI wreck that injured a child just a few days before, which I think was a stroke of karma. The Brady-led Buccaneers beat Mahomes and that entire Chiefs roster like a baby seal on national TV. I'm shocked Pete didn't step in and intercede. I'm shocked that they Peter didn't run a campaign. That's how badly they beat them in front of everybody. I hate these guys. It's gotten to a point where the more I learn about them and the more that they should, like, <laughs> Brittany Mahomes recently did Sports Illustrated magazine. Swimsuit. And everyone's like, oh, see all the people saying she's ugly. Uh, look, look at how hot she is. Cool. She's attractive. Obviously, a multimillionaire quarterback has an attractive wife. That doesn't move the needle for me. Okay? What I see is that Brittany Mahomes has been a problem. By her own admission, she's been a problem. The the spraying champagne on people when it's tender. She, she admitted in, in an interview that... When you're young and you're thrust into the spotlight, you don't necessarily understand the gravity of the actions you're taking until afterwards. Okay, cool. 
that's actually like I'm willing to give her a pass. Chris, you and I have done shit when we were younger that we look back on and we go, man, thank God nobody saw that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about breaking down the fourth wall and being honest. I remember the night I call, the night you called me after you had found out what was going on with your marriage. Yep. I go, where are you? Now, here I am. I'm getting ready to go take my wife out to dinner. I go, honey, get dressed. We're going out. We're, we're doing it big. We're doing Russell's. We're doing the whole nine. She's literally curling her hair. Chris calls me and goes, I tells me what happened. I go, well, where are you right now? He goes, I'm driving. I go, you're driving? He goes, yeah, it's me and a bottle of Makers in the car. I go, get to my house now. We're going to solve this. You and me will figure it out. You just need to come come here. And I told my wife, I go, honey, order a pizza and wings. We're not going to. <laughs> We're staying here because this is what has to happen. We've all had these moments, buddy. Everyone has. And, and it's that idea of I was young. I was over-emotional. I didn't understand what was going on in the moment. I've had them. I've had dozens of them. I've had dozens of arrestable moments. Highly <laughs> arrestable moments. And so I can't bag on Brittany Mahomes for that. What I can bag on her for is the fact that her husband can't eat a taco in peace at a restaurant without his brother and his wife twerking. You saw that video? Yeah. Okay. It's awful. Together, they're a terrible combination. Brittany literally has done things that, like, then she tried to start this anti-bullying campaign. It's like, no, 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 no. What you need to do is just take the L, wear it. Don't try to, like, oh, well, I bullied some people, so I'm going to now make a charity about it. No, 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 it, it flopped. Why? Because no one buys it because it's fake. You meant it when you did it. Just own it and move on with your life. We all have things. And I feel like she's unlikable for that reason, where she's still trying to be like, no, everybody should like me. No, we shouldn't. No, you're a bad person, but it's okay. You're allowed to be that. Just admit it. Then, like, I don't know. Chris, like, if we saw her getting tasered during the national anthem oh, while amazing. she was putting on a TikTok with, uh, <laughs> what's his face? Jackson. She's, Jackson. The two of them getting tasered during the national anthem, it just might bring this country together. The Chiefs-aholic situation really is a microcosm of what the Chiefs are. To me, anyway. It's this thing of... You all seem like cool people. I wanted to like Andy Reid, right? You thought, Chris, did you think he got a raw deal in Philly? Yes. Okay. So he leaves Philly, he ends up in Kansas City... Makes them a contender. Takes them to Super Bowls. Wins Super Bowls somewhere else where Philly disrespected him. Now he's got th- now he's got two rings on his way to maybe a third. <laughs> I want to root for that guy. And then I go, eh, you got some shit going on, man. I don't know what that is. The whole Eric B. Enemy thing, the way that all broke down. And then I look at Patrick Mahomes and I go, dude, I remember when you were playing Brady and you were dealing with the same bullshit we were, where they were calling penalties for him and not for you. You were getting roughed up. He wasn't, blah, blah, blah. And then you became the bad guy. <laughs> like, you you just backfilled his spot as asshole quarterback number one in the NFL. And you just go down the roster. Chiefs Aholic really is the microcosm of this. They all seem like cool people. Doing cool things and being awesome, but the longer that you keep your eyes on them and the longer you pay attention to them, 
the more you realize they might just all suck. All of them. Like, I don't even have the, like, I didn't even bring up Taylor Swift. That whole thing has been a circus. It's literally a machination of the NFL. I would not be shocked that in 20 years when she writes her memoirs, she talks about the time the NFL cut her a check. Because, hey, the Swifties got involved and we recognized that our numbers went up and we needed to, we needed this so the NFL came to me, whatever. It's She's barely even a blip on my radar at this point when I'm think, trying to find reasons to dislike this team. Although I do like the fact that Twitter is taking her to task over the fact that she's had these climate feelings. She's been putting all this green piece stuff out there, and then she flies a jet 27 minutes. Ah! Because realistically, at a certain point, Chris, you get so rich you can be a hypocrite, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I'm going to be actually doing a show in about an hour with a uh, it's called Sports Sushi. I'm going to go on there. I'm going to talk about sports as a business. And we picked this week. I picked this week specifically to talk about it because, and the Taylor Swift thing's just a, it's just a cherry on top. Mwah, chef's kiss. I love that it's happening. So then obviously, Chris, I don't like the Chiefs. So you'd think I'd be rooting for the 49ers, right? Yeah. Okay. What I'll say is that means pulling for Nick Bosa, who, according to his social media activity, and just the things he's done, the things he said, his physique. He's essentially Hulk Hogan without the championships or the sex tape. <laughs> and he's got a coach who's just as good at choke jobs as Andy Reid is at eating whole racks of ribs in a single sitting. In his career, Kyle Shanahan has been involved in the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. That choke job against the Patriots by the Falcons. Yep. The largest fourth quarter comeback in Super Bowl history, which was the Chiefs loss a few years ago, where they were up by 10 with the ball under under 12 minutes. No team has ever lost a Super Bowl with a margin like that. Also, the largest fourth quarter comeback in NFC Championship game history, the Rams, the year that the Rams went on to beat Sensi. Like, what... How often does this have to happen before you look at a coach and go, you're just kind of a loser? We've already done it with Sean McDermott. And yet, here's a whole group of people who keep talking about how great Kyle Shanahan must be. He makes it a step higher because he does it with offense. Yet he's like he's like the offensive Sean McDermott. And you can give him credit for grooming Brock Purdy. That's not how Purdy found his way to being an NFL quarterback. I'll tell you how. No, no. He's here because Shanahan assembled some of the worst quarterback rooms in the entire NFL. Look at this. Jimmy G's biggest win thus far in his career was getting a porn star to go to dinner with him. That's it. He won a, he won a championship game where he threw nine passes. I don't give him credit for that. Trey Lance, Trey Lance, drafted in the top three of the NFL draft by the San Francisco 49ers, is what you get if you combine Josh Allen with Mr. Glass from the movie Unbreakable. Right? Like, that's his superpower. And then Sam Darnold. Really? 
Sam Darn. And that's my biggest issue with the 49ers right now. Sam Darnold. The 2018 draft was pumped up for this quarterback class. And despite not being able to trade up into the top seven, the Bills landed Josh Allen, who has more playoff victories than the rest of the names in this entire class combined. And it's crazy to look at. This isn't a joke. Allen has five postseason victories to his credit. Darnold, Mayfield, Rosen, and Lamar have four. All of them collectively have four. Darnold-led teams have a 29-37 record all time. Both of his 2023 starts were losses. He's a two-time loser who's been traded and allowed to walk by teams who have been drafting in the top 10 of the NFL for years. He's going to get a ring before Josh Allen? No! That's an embarrassment. I refuse to accept that reality. Am I right to be pissed about this? Yeah. I hate everything. I hate everything about this Super Bowl. The only likable person in this entire affair might be Bill Vinovich. When's the last time that you said, man, I just hope that referee has a good game? (laughs) Never. We're... We've reached this place where there's not a single thing about the outcome of this game that's appealing to me unless they get out there and reenact The Dark Knight Rises. That's it. But Chris, we the little people at least have some things we can turn to. Most of it's sports betting. Now, are you going to be laying any money on this game? No. You all right over there? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't bet the Super Bowl. Why not? Look at all the cash you made. I made $30. Wait, total? For this season. Wait, 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 walk me through this. You gambled every week on college football. And pro. And you're up 30. Yes. God. I'm up half a tank of gas. I was going to say, did you count your mileage? Because you're that guy who drives to the sports book to put his bets in. Yeah, I don't count. Who gives a fuck about mileage? So did you break even then? If you want to call it a full tank again. 30 bucks. I won I won a parlay week one, and then week four, I won an NFL football pool. And that was like, uh, it totaled like somewhere around $800. And I think I bet like, I think I bet my... Betting total for the season is seven seventy, so I think it's up thirty bucks. Last season was, last year was my best year. Are you doing Super Bowl squares? No. What? No. 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 They have them at work. People ask me. No. Why not? I'm. That's more of a risk than doing a th- three leg parlay. That's true because you might get just you might just get assigned crap numbers, right? Yeah, you might get <laughs> five and five. <laughs> What's your favorite format, though? Like for me, I'm in a couple of them where the format is minute to win it, and so the idea is whatever your numbers are, as soon as the game starts, you win money every minute on the clock. That's a good idea if you have zero zero. 
and so the idea is you have well, and so it it sounds like it, right? Except I was at a party where some guy had bought into that pool. Like, all right, minute to win it, whatever your your number is zero zero, and he goes, oh, this is going to be great. I'm at least going to win my buy in back. That was the cow. That, that was the uh, Seahawks, uh, Denver, where the first play was a safety. <laughs> And he just immediately ate it. And he spent the rest of the night just bitching about it. Isn't that most of this? Isn't that most of sports betting? Yeah. We just drink and we we bitch. Now, Chris, I've sent you a list of prop bets. Have you had a chance to peruse them? No. Okay. I want you to open that email. Let's walk through this together. Because here's what I'm looking at. There used to be a day when you used to go to your bookie and you'd get a card. And on the card, you'd circle your prop bets, and you'd look at what you like, and then you'd give it to them. And then you'd have you'd tear your thing off, you'd have your circles done, and if you hit four, whatever it was, he'd take it, and you'd go. And then you'd sit there and agonize over the entire game with no way to track it in real time. But now, thanks to the internet, we can all just have these things. So with that said, I looked at FanDuel and I found some that I think are interesting. Now, Chris, the coin toss. Are you a coin toss betting guy? Because this is what's going to get me through this Super Bowl. I'm not a the betting. I'm not a betting the Super Bowl prop bet guy. I know, but so if, so now since I'm the one doing the gambling and I'm just leaning on you for your insight. Tails never fails. Tails never fails. You're going tails. Yeah. Both heads and tails are both minus one hundred four. But there's a part of me that wants to just put five bucks on it. Why not? Why not? It gives me something to watch. Yeah, go ahead and bet like Iman. <laughs> yes, exactly. Beta bets. The Super Bowl is the best for beta bets. Now, when I look at this, I think of Mahomes Purdy plus 50 plus rushing yards combined is plus 150. That's not bad. Nope. Uh, Super Bowl repeat, the 49ers. Score zero fourth quarter points. That just made me laugh because I'm like, that's a petty, that's a petty bet. Where you're like, oh, you'll suck again. You did it before. <laughs> Who at FanDuel do you think was looking at that, going, I know exactly how to brand this? I have no idea. Passing props. Now here's one that I like: Mahomes to throw a first quarter touchdown pass is plus two ten. How much would that be? If it's first quarter touchdown pass to Kadarius Tony, oh my God, that would be like. I'll tell you what. Well, I told I told you earlier in the show. I think it was plus eight fifty or nine fifty for Tony for a touchdown in the game, which high, highly unlikely that that happens. I mean, if it does, it'll. Sh- but he scored a touchdown in the last Super Bowl because nobody was paying attention to it. Will he even dress? That should be a prop bet. That's Do the Chiefs dress Kadarius Tony? So when I look at this and I go Super Bowl and then I go, hey, let's see, the see all. Oh, the specials. Oh, here's my, my favorite. Chris Jones and Nick Bosa to both record half a sack each is plus 340. Chris Jones is the best sack artist on the Chiefs and Nick Bosa's. Of it. I assume that that bet to happen. I assume that's going to happen. So here's the funny thing: you take that passing prop bet from Mahomes in the first quarter, 
You take Mahomes and Purdy to both rush for 50-plus because I feel like Purdy's going to have to do a lot of that. And then there's this one, Chris. Total number of players to have a pass attempt. And this is where things get off the rails if you want to talk about a parlay. It's the under-over is two and a half, which means if any player other than Mahomes or Purdy throws a pass, it's plus 165. You got two offensive head coaches. This is 100%. I would put this like that this will happen. At some point, somebody's got to do some goddamn trickery if they're, if they're getting their shit snuffed out, they whether you're Reed or Shanahan. At some point, if they're not working things on offense, uh, Debo Samuel's going to throw a pass. Or I, I, I would put it more on San Francisco. To be the the team that, sure. that throws a pass, George Kittle, San Francisco. No, not Samuel. Kittle, Samuel or Ayuk. Okay, so one of them will throw a pass. But what I'm saying is, if you can parlay any of the things we just talked about together, you have yourself a winning. If you you could roll five, ten bucks, and now you've made the game interesting. This is how I'm going to survive this Super Bowl. You know, we used to do our guide to getting by. No, 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 no. It's all sports betting now. <laughs> That's how I'm going to get over the hump. Is putting money on a bunch of shit that probably won't happen and doesn't matter, and it's not money I'll care about losing. But at the same time, I'll roll it, and if I win, at least I'll have a vested interest in something. I think the best one is still that first offensive play as a safety, Chris. Plus 50000 Why wouldn't you roll $2 to win 1000 why I'll would you that. roll two dollars to win? F- I'd sign up for that. Roll two dollars to win a cool G. Why wouldn't you do that, guys? I'm just I'm not I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I'm just giving you ideas. Also, you could just avoid this whole thing. Watch the puppy bowl, cook a bunch of food like me and Iman are gonna do, and then get drunk in your basement and not pay any attention to this. You could find a million other things to do. It's all up to you. The world is your oyster. None of this matters. Both teams suck. And I can't wait for all of this to be over. Guys, thank you for attending what is the pettiest podcast we've done in a long time. I just wanted to trash both these teams. And we made it, Chris. Did we not do it? We did it. We did the damn thing. And now it's time to get out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. The season's about to end. I will see you on the other side. This has been the Rock Power Report. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.